Action fanatics, welcome to another edition of the Bulletproof Podcast. I am your host, Chris the Brain. Joining me, Chad Cruz. And Chad, we have hit double digits. This is episode 10 of the Bulletproof Podcast. I wouldn't believe you if I didn't see it myself, but it, it's, it's a remarkable day for, for us, especially, and, and also for the podcasting world, because we're still here. We are still here. Double digits. And we'll probably be talking about double D's as well. And nobody better to join us on the conversation about double D's than Mr. Todd Gaines, the real Todd Gaines. Todd, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. And kids, wash your hands. Absolutely. Wash your hands at all times. Uh, plenty of Purell. Um, whatever you need to do. Bleach. Stay safe out there. Bleach everything. Lysol wipes. Whatever you need to do. We want you healthy. We want you listening to the Bulletproof Podcast. This, uh, I know Todd is very excited about this. It's our special spring break with Andy Sedaris today. Um, Chad, any uh, personal spring break memories you want to share with the audience? Uh, I think the statute of limitations has run out on a lot of things you may have done <laughs> uh, if you wish to share. You know, it's funny. As I don't think I ever had like an, a real good spring break story. But I had one that uh, uh, it was it was a trip down to Daytona Beach, um, and I actually met a friend of mine that I was in the military with, and I met his sister down there, and they were already there for a couple of days before I got there. So when they when they picked me up at the airport, I already I kind of started early. So like the night before I flew down there, I just had this raging like just got shit faced drunk the night before. And I barely made it to my flight and I passed out the whole flight there. So when I showed up, I was like, I was struggling already. And they were excited that someone else was coming. So we instantly like went to the bar and just, let's just say we were there. I was there maybe four days and there wasn't enough Gatorade in Daytona to keep me hydrated. It was a long trip. It sounds like it. There's a lot of good stories in between all those things, but I won't talk about them. I'm sure, yeah, your your wife might listen. All right, she, uh, could, but she won't, but she could. Right, Todd Gaines, do you have any uh, spring break memories? A lot of my memories. See, our spring break's different than a lot of other people, or 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 less it used to be, because we have a big uh, golf tournament in my area. So instead of spring break usually being like in March, ours was always the second week in April. So a lot of the fun I missed, but still some people's spring breaks were going. I do remember going to a wet t-shirt contest one time and it wasn't like it is in the movies, like no one's tops came off. So I was a little disappointed. I was like, what the hell? But um, a lot of times we would just hang out, just party, maybe uh, do a little recreational stuff that maybe I can't talk about, or maybe the statue limitation is gone. But spring break's always been fun because you know, you're out of school or you're out of work and you're just chilling and and a lot of times we spent time watching movies and just like the movies we're about to talk about now. So, yes, we are going to talk about the Andy Sedaris collection, at least part of it. We'll start at the beginning, though. Andy Sedaris, born on February 20th, 1931 in Chicago. And, you know, for those of the people out there who know him from his movies, you may not realize he was a big player in the uh, world of TV sports. Uh, prior in the in the late 60s and the 70s, uh, directed Monday Night Football, directed the 1968 Olympics, a big wig at ABC Sports, and then he decided to start dabbling in the world of films. His first film, 1973, the movie Stacy. What can you tell us about that one, Todd? Hi, guys. Stacy, have you ever seen Malibu Express? Absolutely. Okay. A Malibu Express and Stacy are are almost the exact movie, except the leads are gender reversed. Stacy stars Anne Randall as a private investigator hired by a, fa- a wealthy family to investigate the family's like uh, like the old lady in a wheelchair. She's got like a niece, a nephew. So Anne Randall comes in, Stacy driving in her yellow sports car. But the thing to know about Ann Randall was she was May 
1967's Playboy's Playmate of the Month. Ann Randall, she was 5'4", she uh, 35, 35C, 23, 35, those are her measurements. Um, Stacy, uh, it's a lot like Malibu Express. A lot of the scenes are very similar. When we get to discussing um, Ma- Malibu Express, I'll, I'll tell you some more stuff about Stacy. One of the other females in the movie was one of the original um, Barker's Beauties. And just one little thing about Stacy that we have is during Malibu Express, when Cody Albaline's running around and he has the help of the blonde, the nice-looking blonde lady cop, I don't know if y'all remember that those scenes or not. And Stacy, Stacy's helped by a guy named Bob, who's a pilot. And so a lot of those scenes with uh, Cody are uh, they're almost like mirror scenes. And also with Stacy, Andy did not write Stacy. So this is one of the movies that he directed and he did not write. So some of the tone of the movie is different. Later on, when we talk about Hard Ticket from Hawaii, Malibu Express, the tones of the films are different. Because there's a scene in Stacy where like a guy's almost like forcing himself on an, on a girl in a shower. And that's not something you would see later in the Andy Sedaris movies because everything's all about fun, having a good time. So that's just a little bit about Stacy. I told you guys to watch it. The only thing that sucks about Stacy is the it's hard to see a good copy of it. It's on YouTube. That's the only place I've seen it on. And the it's not an HD transfer or anything like that. So if you're looking to see it, just do Stacy 1973 on YouTube. It's 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 cool. Like I didn't even know about Stacy for the longest time, and I'm like, "Hey, so there's man," until someone said, "Man, you need to watch Stacy." And I'm like, "Stacy," and then I watched it, and I'm like, "Well, this is Malibu Express, but just reversed." I, l- I love the fact that the the poster, uh, <laughs> how it describes Stacy as the main character. She always scores. Uh, she's a very private detective and uh, take a ride on the wild side with Stacy. She's fast. You know, and then it's got like a little race car below her. Cause she, of course she drives a race car too. She's like a accomplished uh, race car driver, but it's hilarious that these films that like they, they spend so much, there's so much effort spent to make her like extremely sexual. When I can clearly see by what she's wearing that it's very sexual. It's also known as, um, in other countries is like la porno detective. So, I mean, nice. <laughs> they really, they really tried to uh, <laughs> exploit the sex. Yeah. A lot more subtle uh, overseas. Okay. Moving on. Deep. Yeah. Moving on. 1979 was uh, Andy's next film. It was seven. And a real unique piece of business here was that uh, William Smith is, he's the good guy in this. Is that, is that what I'm supposed to believe? Oh yes, sir. He is. He is the good guy. He is a leader of, uh, I guess you want me to, I'll give you a quick little summary. Yeah, why don't you please? Yes, sir. You're the expert. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, okay, so seven. So guess how many people William Smith's crew consists of? I'm going to go with seven. Yeah, I'm going to go with seven as well. Morgan Freeman. Yeah, yeah. So so basically at the beginning of the film, there's these assassinations. Um, uh, Bernie gets assassinated from Weekend at Bernie's. He's like a senator from Hawaii. And Terry a couple, Kaiser. Yeah, Terry Kaiser and a couple government agents. So they're like, well, we're going to get some revenge and we're going to recruit uh, William Smith. And William Smith's like, all right, I'll do it, but I want to do it on my terms. And it's going to cost you $7 million. And I want to get my own team. So what they have to do is there's seven people and there's seven targets. And they have, it's all in Hawaii. And they have 30 minutes to basically, they, they got a week, but they want to kill them all. And this like from noon to twelve thirty, and their and their big target is the like the big Kahuna, and he is actually the big bodyguard from the Godfather. Did y'all? Oh, Lenny Montana. Yeah, Lenny Montana, Luca Brasi. Yes, yes, yes. And so he's he's the main target. So each so the so they kind of divide the team, and each like one or two people take a target. Like, hey, you kill this guy, you kill this guy. And there's a lot of uh, stock footage of Hawaii. <laughs> well, there's also a lot of uh, notable uh, stars that would move, you know, go on to other action movies. Uh, Martin Cove, who of course was uh, John Kreese in the Karate Kid movies. He was in uh, Steel Justice, a 
ton of others, especially in the 90s and the direct-to-video era. And then two guys that I know Chad Cruz is going to recognize, Tadashi Yamashita, who was the uh, Black Star Ninja. No doubt. And Gooch Cook, who was Judy Aronson's father in American Ninja. So two American Ninja alumni in that uh, in seven. Yeah, Yamashita, you know, uh, American Ninja, Black Star. He was in the Octagon uh, opposite Chuck Norris. Um, yeah, I mean, he's like a legend of the Ninja films. Uh, and here he is appearing in early Andy Sedaris, who, you know, Andy Sedaris is like for what I could say about Andy, I haven't seen every one of his films and I'm not uh, a student of the Sedaris like game, like, like you are uh, RTG, but um, the films are very much like, it's like pure man fantasy. Like it's, it's almost like a lot of the films are James Bond gender swapped. So it's like these sexy, super secret agent women who are like, they're here to party and, and have fun and take out the bad guys in like fantastical ways with like exploding uh, planes and exploding like remote control cars and stuff. And the fact that you have all these awesome like stuntmen and awesome villainous actors of the eighties and nineties in the films, it like just helps to, to prop the movies up even more. And it is unlike James Bond where it's kind of more uh, uh, innuendo. I mean, they just go full out and show you everything they want oh, to show yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ola uh, Yamashita. Just, just for y'all's knowledge, he has about three seconds of screen time, and he walks around with a sword, and he gets owned. He gets owned by a guy by the name of Ed Parker. Ed Parker looks at him and goes, "Hi, ya, my ass," and just shoots his ass like, like, and that's it. <laughs> what a ridiculous idea! And this is also not written by Sedaris, right? No, it, correct. And so it's also you have some undertones of the of it not being as lighthearted. I mean, there's a another scene where this one guy who looks like a, just a that from that show, The Hunters that you did that review on, Chad. Like yep. he looks like one of those creepy Nazi guys that that got burned, and he tries to um, violate uh, Barbara Lee, and so it's not the same. Uh, tone that we'll get into later but something really really cool about seven and this is um so the playmates that we have in seven because in later andy films we're going to see a pattern of how many playmates at least this many and then we're going to go on but in seven we have um susan kiger she's um 5 8 37 d 24, 37, she was Miss uh, January 77. In that same issue, that same issue of Playboy, Barbara Lee was the celebrity pictorial. So, you know, in Playboy, there's usually like three, you know, three naked shots, three naked articles. So in the same issue of Playboy was two of the stars of Seven. At at the beginning of Seven, which is really cool, you have um, William Smith playing with a little pussycat like an actual purr, purr, purr kitty. And this uh, guy who's recruiting him for this mission knocks on the door. And this beautiful, beautiful young lady by the name of uh, Leanne Michelle, she's from Britain. And she answers the door. She's 5'4", 30, 35C, 23, 30, 35. She was actually in Playboy after this. So she was uh, Miss February 1979. But before that, she was a page three girl. That's that thing in the UK. They used to put naked girls in the in the uh, magazines or the newspapers. So those are the the naked women from Seven, and we also have a penthouse pet that was in Seven as well, who gets to play with Silly String with a character by the name of the Professor. The Professor's the character in the film who kind of makes the gadgets, like Chad. You were talking yeah. about later we see like in another movie, he's the guy, the same guy who makes the um, remote control car. Right. He's like Q. Yeah. He, he's yeah. the Q of the Andy Sedaris universe. And your boy, um, Gooch, is is that how you say it? That is Gooch. correct. Gooch. Okay. Gooch. So, so Gooch plays a guy by the name of, of Cowboy. I mean, that is his name. And he's in you know, Texas. He's got a big gun. 
And then later when we get to Picasso Trigger, that's the film, he's back. And I, in my opinion, he's it's the same person because he's he's just known as Cowboy in this, but he's known as like um, E.G. Abilene in, in, that, in that movie and at the beginning as a cowboy hat on. So I'm telling myself it's the same person because ironically in that Picasso Trigger, the professor is the professor in both Picasso Trigger and Seven. Yeah, and Gooch is a interesting character in and of himself, from what I've heard. Like he owns an entire town in Texas. I could believe it. And just as kind of an eccentric individual. All right, do you have your most valuable player for seven? Okay, so so William Smith gets to drive around in a car with a blow up doll. Okay, and I mean, how cool is that? But the professor actually gets to go through airport customs with a blow up doll and he, they actually open it and they make fun of him because the doll blows up. But later the professor gets to make out with a, well, gets to do more than that with um, what's her name. Her name is Sandra Bernardo. She appeared in penthouse. She was penthouse pet April 76. They get to have a little uh, romp and they, sp- uh, they um, doing the silly, the silly string. So, I went back and forth and even with uh, with Cowboy with, with with your boy Cooch. So I'm going with the professor in this just because he made like really cool toys and he got to get on with the hot chick and he also had a blow up doll and we would see blow up dolls later in Sedaris movies. And also this is the first cameo from Andy Sedaris in his movies and seven. He just is like this guy sitting on the street. Susan Kiger, who I mentioned earlier, who got to hang out with y'all's boy. Gooch, she is the first woman to pose in Playboy after appearing in an adult film. But she's the first known one to have done like a hardcore film and then do Playboy. All right. Well, Todd Gaines, obviously a hardcore Andy Sedaris fan. And we are going to move on to 1985's Malibu Express, which I don't know if this is a fact or not, but I think at least at the time it was released, probably was the movie with the most shower scenes of all time. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny because it, it always seems like Andy Sedaris films. He he never stops rolling at the points where you think he would, and and in all those action movies that you see with these beautiful women, and they talk about like, all right, well, let's get ready to go. Where a normal scene would cut there, and then the the characters would reappear on screen in a different costume or whatever, different different clothes. Andy just continues filming while these women change and go shower and then do all these things. And it's like, uh, as you know, me, I'm like a 13 year old kid watching these movies. I'm like, Holy crap. Who made this film that stole it straight from my brain? I love it. <laughs> and, and this is also the film that started out the, uh, let's have at least four playmates in an Andy Sedaris movie. And not, there's one, a character June knockers and, and, and of course, the whole joke the whole time, it's it's knockers with an H, right? <laughs> she was played by, uh, I, I'm going to probably butcher the last name, but like Linda like Wisemere. But um, she uh, she's pretty nice. And there, there's a scene in a Malibu Express where these uh, these kids, like their kids, are working on a car. And he's like, man, this car is tits, man. And so he hears um, June hears that quote later in the movie, and sh- she's like, "If that's tits, then what are these?" And then she just like shows like her humongous um her humongous uh, boobs because she was her knockers. Yeah, her, her knockers were she she was thirty six double D thirty six twenty two thirty six. She was uh, Miss, Miss July eighty two. I told you we get some double D talk here. Uh, yeah, June Knockers. She uh, any opportunity she had, she uh, put those puppies on display. Yeah, and it's funny. She actually appeared in, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six films in '85. She probably shows her boobs more in Malibu Express than all those other movies combined. Uh, that probably is a safe bet. <laughs> oh, actually, actually, there is one film where she is wheels on wheels on wheels of fire. Wheels on fire. Wheels of Fire. There's like a a really long, uh, a really long nude scene of her in that film. Like she's like strapped to the front of a hood of a car. So it's one. It's one of those you know Mad Max ripoffs. Hell yeah. There's at least nine 
women with speaking parts in Malibu Express that gets naked. There's four centerfolds. One of them was a playmate of the year. That was um, Barbara Edwards. Edwards, She plays May, and she had a friend named Faye. That was Kimberly uh, MacArthur. And so they, you know, they take showers together. And then you also had uh, Laureen Michaels. She was April of 81. She played like this really cute looking Liza Chamberlain. She's a real, real petite, 5'2", 35D, 22, 34. Real cute. She's the one that they thought was the killer or um, Cody thought was the, Cody thought was the killer. But uh, I mean, she's just cute. And, and they also, do you remember the scene at the end where there's like this like freaky psychedelic party for like absolutely no reason at all. Like Cody Abilene walks in there and he's like, what he's just looking and everybody's just dancing around naked. Yes. Yes. Well, and, and Stacy kind of like, you know how the, the main bad guy, like above everybody was um and Stacy was like kind of like that weapons guy, like a like the arms dealer that was kind of like so he's the main bad guy, but in Stacy there was like this hippie, like out of the blue, some guru, some hippie guru, and he was the one they were just having some wild psychedelic party. And I just kind of thought it was hilarious that they put that same that same scene in this movie because that movie did not I mean that scene did not really fit uh, Malibu Express. Because Malibu Express to me is all about almost like the Dukes of Hazard. It has that Dukes of Hazard vibe. Cody Abilene walking, driving around in his, I think it's a DeLorean he's driving around. And if you if you remember at the beginning how he's kind of like talking on his little, well, it, it definitely needed some additional dialogue recording ADR, especially these early movies because there's all this like this this narration and and that's another thing about Stacy about Seven about Malibu Express is there's like almost like a narrator. Stacy's narrating and Stacy and seven Bill Smith. There's a lot of narration, a lot of voiceover and a Malibu express. There's a lot of um, voiceover as well. And, and was it the Buffingtons? Was that the, Oh uh... God. Yeah. That's, that's the Buffingtons. And that's like another like Dukes of Hazzard thing to me. Like, right. I was going to say the minute you said Dukes of Hazzard, that's where my brain went was the Buffingtons. Ooh, ooh, come on, Cody, come on, let's race, let's race. Yeah. I mean, it, it really just, it's like, why is this scene in here? I think it's just because Andy just loved like racing because even before Stacy, there was this documentary about a year of James Gardner, like riding around in one of these uh, racing circuits. And so that's what Andy, that's, that's the film he directed before Stacy was a documentary chronicling like a year of James Gardner riding around mm-hmm. competing and, um, some some circuit so there's always you know scenes driving in cars i mean at least in uh malibu express it's actually they're showing somebody drive and not using like stock footage from another like like stock racing footage at least it's actually well june not driving and i, and I really love it when cody and june are getting chased by the guys on helicopter and like oh maybe a helicopter will explode and this can be exploding helicopter oh, not not yet but June just gets all horny and she wants to, you know, have sex with Cody. <laughs> and Cody's like, they're chasing us. And June just doesn't see it. And then the guys in the, in the helicopter, they're like, hey, man, uh, all I can see is tits. <laughs> you know, they're like, they're looking out and they can't see nothing. Like they're trying to get a shot on Cody and all they see is uh, June knockers naked. But uh, I mean, there's so many women wanted uh, Cody Abilene in, in, that, in that movie. And Darby Hinton, he's the... Uh, the fine actor that's that plays Cody Abilene. He's definitely uh, my MVP just because of all the women he gets to mess with. I mean, it was, it was close between like June just didn't have enough scenes. And there's this also this really cool uh, girl who's like a phone. I don't was she like a phone sex operator, but every time Cody would call her, he needed a number. And she, she was like, Cody, 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 Cody. And then she, he's like, I need the number for June and knockers. And she, she's like, it's the one with the, you know, knockers with a, with an H and it's, I mean, that gag the entire time was another thing. And I'll wrap it up is the champagne toast at the end, or at least unless at least the sale off at the end, it's kind of sets up all the other films and it's the same boat we'll see in the next couple of films too, the Malibu express. And also in there, uh, another one of Cody's women was played by Sybil Danning. Who, oh yes. Uh, uh, I remember most from uh, Hercules, the Canon Hercules film, but 
she did a lot of these uh, type of uh, adult comedy type movies in the 80s. Um, and then there was Brett Baxter Clark, who would yes. later pop up in the 90s as Shark in Shoot Fighter 2. That's where I remember, yeah. I remember seeing this. I'm like, I've seen this guy before. He was in Bachelor Party, Malibu Express. So interesting that he made his way to the action world. Yeah, Brett, Brett Black, Baxter Clark, that Shane character, that's your that's the kind of like the blackmailer who uh you know who who scorn with all the girls. And also in this taping movie taping it or getting it, pictures. Yeah, yeah, he, he's he's taping it and how Cody, when he's getting it on with that really nice police looking lady and and he's hitting the little button and he's kind of like taking pictures, you can go back to Stacy and and Stacy finds that that thing and she's also doing the same scene. And one of the things in Malibu Express was the, if you guys can remember, the guy who liked to dress up like a lady. So that was one of the one of the interesting things about Malibu Express. And we see that same actor in Hard Ticket to Hawaii who plays the bartender. But he was like a professional at that. Like he won like pageants or something. I don't really know the 2020 way of saying it. So I'll just leave it at that. I believe it's a drag queen, but yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he's, yeah, he had a uh, very big role in Malibu Express and Hard Ticket. All right, well, Hard Ticket to Hawaii, and this is where the uh, Donna and Taryn era begins. And uh, here's something that probably I don't know many people would compliment. Uh, it's probably not the first thing you would compliment about an Andy Sedaris movie, but I really enjoyed the opening credits. I thought they were very creative with the the warehouse and the crates and. It wasn't just plain old credits. You know, they worked kind of a little bit of the story um, and that fantastic man-made snake. I mean, come on. And that's actually a, a credit improvement. That was one thing I meant to say about the other films too. It's like, I'm like, I, I just want real credits because in Malibu Express, like it was like a computer typing out. And I'm like, I just want to just say like Malibu Bay films. Let's go. I want to see some cool credits. But um, Chad, what are, what are some of your thoughts on, um, hard ticket because i i have a lot so i'll I'll just come back when you okay yeah hard ticket for me is kind of like so malibu express is is the beginning of the andy sedaris kind of like era as far as like he wrote it and directed it and it's really his vision but to me hard ticket is where it began because that was the one that that was the first sedaris movie i saw so that i kind of like the don and taran era is like where i jumped in like i didn't know anything other than that and um, and recently, I, I revisited a couple of the Don and Taron movies, and and Hard Ticket like it just like sets up so many things. It sets up so many gags, and so many characters that recur over and over again, and getting to see Obregon like in so many different roles, and like he dies in so many film in different ways, and it, it, it's really cool. Like it, it's fun to watch. Um, these characters get into like situations to, which are ridiculous and there's always some random dr- drug trafficking, whatever, or like cartel or gangsters. But uh, somehow it always ends up being like the same things always happen. There's always a lot of nudity. There's always crazy explosions, whether it's a helicopter, a boat, cars, car chases, uh, ridiculous shots coming from moving vehicles onto a moving plane or something. And it always ends up working out well for, of course, Donna, Donna and Taryn, which for me, hard take it is like, that's peak Andy Sedaris. Yeah. I think this would probably be, uh, if you had to pick one movie that was Andy Sedaris, especially in the eighties, it would be this one. Uh, the Frisbee scene. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Poor shades. <laughs> Like the guy that got killed, his name was Shades. That's because a, he wore sunglasses. He the wore sunglasses. Had, I mean, that's one of my favorite quotes uh, from the film. If brains were bird shit, you'd have a clean cage. That's 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 <laughs> interesting writing right there. That's that's top notch stuff. You know what's funny is I don't. I think that Cenaris is actually like underrated when it comes to writing like lines for characters. That because a lot of times you watch these films and the acting isn't amazing. Right. But for these women who really aren't actresses, like a lot of these lines are really well written. They're, they're funny. It may not be delivered uh, spectacularly, but yeah, yeah, he's got some good lines in there. Especially later in some of the later films, like I feel like 
uh, you know, you get six, seven movies into this story and a lot of these characters keep coming back. Um, but they always have a couple of good lines in every movie. And I mean, that's hard to do. You know I mean? I, we write so much, like it's hard to come up with good stuff, but for these actresses not being that good to, to at least get a good line in every once in a while is, is pretty impressive. I would almost even argue that these actresses are actually good because Whoa. yeah, they, they have, um, they, they, they at least have skills. Like they, they can say their lines. They can also like operate uh, vehicles as well, like Jeeps or uh, mopeds or anything, four wheel, three wheelers in anything. Like they were actually a lot of times on the stuff and a couple really cool quotes from hard ticket. One was a uh, Harold diamond. He was like really excited to have sex. So, or, or maybe have sex later. He's like, I'll go get the midgets and the whips. I mean, that's always something that's cool. <laughs> and then, and then my boy, um, um, Ron Moss, who played another, who played Rowdy Abilene after the snake incident at the end. It's like, just when he thought it was safe to take a pee. Cause the, the, the snake comes out of the, uh, comes out of the toilet. You mentioned Harold Diamond, uh, who plays uh, Jade, I believe, and he actually was the uh, stick fighter in Rambo Three. Yeah, so, yeah. It's like, there you go. And I know we've we've talked about that on uh, Thursday Night Fights on yeah. our YouTube channel. Uh, and then also Wolf Larson, who would go on to PM Entertainment's television show L.A. Heat. Yes, he was. Uh, he played the sportscaster. Yeah, he was like Billy Bob, Bob, whatever. And he was um he he would play Terrence love interest for the next to this film and Picasso trigger. He will play her love interest and he gets to have a little fun with Taryn and yeah, also, yeah. Go ahead. Go sorry. Ahead. Uh, I'm sorry. I just get excited by Andy. I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm all for it. I was going to say hope, hope Marie Carlton was always one of my favorites. She was probably my favorite. Uh, well, top three favorite Sedaris girls. Here's the thing is like we've we've gone all this talk about hard ticket to Hawaii and uh, I love Hope Marie Carlton. I mean, I mean she's all natural. She's 5'6", 36C, 2232, Miss July 85, but we cannot talk about hard ticket to Hawaii or anything Andy Sedaris without at least mentioning mentioning Donna Spear, Donna Spear who played a uh, Donna secret agent, special agent whatever Donna Donna Hamilton. She was 5'6", 37, double D, 24, 35, March 1984, I think, was her issue in Playboy. But here's the thing, I, I wonder if you guys feel the same way about Donna, is to me, like, Donna has looked 35, 40 for the last 40 years. Like, yeah. I'm like, because they're, they're both, like, the same height, but it was almost like she just, like, over, like, overpowered I mean, I mean, I love, I love hope, but like Donna's like, she's so, she's so that time. Like, like you, you look at hope and she's like, I mean, still like fine as hell. Like you would like, Oh man, she's so cute. She's great. But Donna's like, I mean, sure. Donna, Donna's a nice looking lady, but I mean, she's, she's so eighties though. And so early nineties. I mean, she's like even sometimes like with those big old Ray-Bans that she wore or the way she smoked a cigarette sometimes in the films, it's just Donna Spear, like, I mean, Donna was Andy's muse and he used her a lot. I think Hope was the Hope was the girl you take home to introduce to mom and dad. Donna is the one that you want to plow. <laughs> you would definitely want to marry Hope and like Hope, here's the thing. She's actually like, I mean, she's a she's a trooper. Like when she was in one of the slumber party no no no. Yeah, it's a slumber party, it's one of those massacre movies. Okay part three and there's a scene where she gets thrown through like a table okay like usually you would get like a stunt double like a glass table to do that but she did like her her own stunt in this like crazy kill scene i mean i wish you know we would have seen more of taryn but here's the thing taryn was never really a secret agent because remember she's actually in witness protection so she started making a little collection of stuff that we'll see going through the next three films because they all pretty much end the same way with a champagne toast and them laughing at, at Taryn for what she stole. Cause she's a civilian and she can keep it. Ah. And we also, yeah, there's also just, I just want to real quick and hard ticket to why it starts that four centerfold thing. There's um, Cynthia Brimhall. She was kind of like the big busted, uh, kind of oh, redheaded who ran, 
yes, she ran Edie's. She's she's 36 D, 25, 36, October 85. And also the delicious um patty cakes. I mean, what what a name, guys. Patty Duffick played a character, Patty Cakes. She was a she was she starts out in hard ticket as a waitress. Later she's a dancer in another film. But once again, CTB 36 double D, 54, 36 double D, 23, 32, May 84. That's where you will find Patty Cakes. Like who the fuck names their person character Patty Cakes? I mean, I'm just Andy, Andy Sedaris. Andy Sedaris. Who who played Whitey, the uh, TV director in this one. And Whitey also tries to um, get a girl to uh, sleep with him. Uh, or or she said, well, you tried to take advantage of me that night. But in a very kidding way, because remember, this is the 80s before political correctness existed. So it was just Andy maybe making a joke. Or, and the other thing with um, your, your buddy that you mentioned, um, Wolf, uh, Jim, Jim, Bob, Blow, whatever his name was in the film. Um, do you guys remember the scene when he's interviewing those football players? And absolutely. Oh God! And I, I can't, I cannot quote the scene because, like, you know, we'll get banned. But it's just so hilarious because Andy Sedaris just is like, "We're dead, we're dead, we're fired, we're fired, we're fired." And those, he's like, "You were supposed to make those drinks virgins or whatever." And those guys were like so drunk and just having fun. Your uh, MVP for Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Let's go with my MVP of Hard Ticket to Hawaii because the plot's just so crazy. Let's go with the actual bazooka gun. That's my MVP because that bazooka, you know, blows up a blow-up doll, blows up a snake, blows up a skater. I mean, uh, that was that that gun because old um, Rowdy Abilene can't hit shit because that's a thing about the Abilene boys is they have their aim. The only thing they can aim is their you know. They're a little gun, I guess. And so that's the only thing that they can even shoot straight. So there's always going to be these references. And and he, he he can't hit a moving target at all. But he has that bazooka. And he, he just blows anything away. I mean, everything. Just that snake, just boom, dead. But And I guess the runner-up would probably be just Donna Spear, just just for starting. Don, I mean, I mean, really both. Um, Don and Taryn. I mean, they're... I mean, this starts an error, but we're going to go with the bazooka because the, because the plot, this one just makes, I was just thinking earlier today, like, what's the plot of Hard Ticket to Hawaii? Because I mean, the other films, really the plot is, we have a plot, but this one uh, I had to think and I had just watched it for the how many time. And I just, I mean, this plot, like, how do you even explain the plot to this movie? It's like, hey, let's go get in a jacuzzi. And anyway, I can't believe we've gone this far in the Andy Sedaris podcast and I didn't mention jacuzzi scene, but one of the first scenes in this film Donna's like, oh, tough day. Let's go get in the gym, you know, hit the hot tub. I'm like, oh, yes. That's a lot of recovery. A lot of recovery from these movies. Yeah, but we'll go MVP the bazooka. But because, you know, we are talking about bazookas. So why not have MVP's bazooka? Why not, indeed? All right, 1988, Picasso Trigger next on our list. And uh, a lot of vehicles blown up in this one. Yeah, this this is the um, this is the, the, the first time we have an RC, the what Chad was mentioning earlier for la first time we had the RC car getting to blow something up. The professor makes the uh, RC car. Uh, we also have what, like the, a boomerang, like the boomerang of death. Yeah. We had that. We have a, a crutch, a, a, cr a crutch of death. Um, is this the plane one? There's a, isn't it like a RC plane or something kind of thing? Yes. The plane tries to kill Donna and Taryn. I mean, this, this movie has, has a lot of stuff. I mean, the, probably the, Probably the most important things too is this is the first appearance of R Roberta Vasquez, guys. But and, and of course, um, Andy Sedaris world, you have to play a bad guy. You play a villain in, in your first role, and if we like you, we'll bring you back, and maybe he's a good guy. But here's one of my Andy Sedaris knowledge I'm gonna drop to you. Andy Sedaris wanted to originally cast Roberta Vasquez as his lead when he was doing um, Hard Ticket. That was his original choice. However. She was pregnant at the time, so she couldn't take the job. Hmm. But um, Roberta Vasquez plays a character, Pantera. Like, this is another crazy thing. Like, later in, in Andy movies, like, why don't they just call you by your name? They're going to call you by your, your code name. And R R Roberta Vasquez, 5'8", guys, 40, 40 F, 40 <laughs> F, 25, 36, all natural, November 84. Roberta Vasquez. I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I can't make that up. 
I mean, sometimes she, I was like, how is she even, how can she walk? Because well, she'll never drown. That's for sure. Yeah. This was the one that I was like, why did y'all review this movie? And when there's all these other movies, but then when I went back to watch Picasso Trigger, Picasso Trigger is really turning into one of my favorite Annie Sedaris movies because, you know, the, the craziness of, okay, we're going to put like this, this lay on you, like, so we're always going to like mark our victim like here, we're put, put this lay on you and then we're going to shoot you. And so in the opening, when they kind of take out a couple of agents and one of the people that are doing like the assassinations is one of my favorite actors of all time, Bruce Penhall. So this is also Bruce Penhall's first appearance in Andy Sedaris film. And of course he has to play a bad guy at the beginning, you know, Bruce Penhall from the last season of chips who's who will later go on to be in about 18 different Andy Sedaris films. He'll play Bruce Christian the rest of the way, but this time he plays a, a bad guy. And we also see the first appearance of the, of the cowboy club and restaurant, which will, we will see a lot more in um, different Andy Sedaris films. And also too, like one of the things about all these Andy Sedaris films is there's always like, well, how did you know that wasn't that the person? And they're like, well, I knew that person was left-handed and not right-handed. Cause there's like, <laughs> Cause the, yeah. the, the bad, like the bad guys, like he had like 55 clones and he's like, wait a minute, his, his, his watch was on the wrong side or so they kind of figured out it wasn't the, uh, the actual uh, bad guy and, and Taryn gets to steal the Picasso trigger, which was actually a famous painting, but it wasn't painted by Picasso. It was like Picasso triggers like a fish. So I'm like, uh, okay. And then we also see that whole, that a little bit of Las Vegas, um, Hawaii, and then it's supposed to be Texas, but it's really Louisiana. And this is a, the other movie that we have. Your friend from the Ninja movies, he plays uh, the, the the Abilene that can actually shoot because we have this really great scene of uh, Travis Abilene that's played by Steve Bond trying to shoot these guys. Like Andy cut, captures these these uh, these these chase scenes great, especially on water. And so he's trying to shoot, he's trying to shoot, he's missing, he's missing, he's missing, he's missing. And then uh, Roberta Vasquez, you know, of course, you know, you know, she can do it better. So she picked, so she's on the sideline because he's like, I got it, I got it. And then she shoots him from like afar. And then that, then oh, your boy comes in with a gun. And, and it's almost like the exact same scene in Seven. But in Seven, he's like in a Subaru Brat, gets in the back of a Subaru Brat and blows somebody away. And every time I watch Picasso Trigger, man, I like it more and more. Poor Bruce Penhall, my boy, gets boomeranged in this movie. So, but at least he got to come back. Yeah, that boy had nine lives. And uh, some interesting uh, action stars on this one: Dennis Alexio, who was in yes. uh, Kickboxer, yes, as, uh, Eric Sloan, I believe, yes. And then uh, Keith Cook, who, who would go on. He was in King of the Kickboxers. He played Master Prang. He was in Heat Seeker. So two obviously uh, accomplished martial artists in this one. Yeah, you know what's funny? My my favorite part of the, my my favorite character in the movie is Steve Bond, and I think that the fact that he isn't great at things is awesome. I think the fact that like he can't shoot with the shit, like, and that everyone has to come in and like pick up his scrap or not pick up his scraps, but like take up for his misfortunes, like how bad he is at shooting. It was like two or three times throughout the movie. He's trying to shoot someone. And he just sucks at it. Oh, I mean, I mean, there's, there's like a, a, no Abilene boy can, can shoot straight. I mean, that's, that's, that's their, that's their characteristic. And he has like, there's a scene that, that he has, Steve has with uh, Roberta Vasquez. And it's like oozing, like they're standing up and you, they're about to have sex or, or whatever. And it's, it's oozing sex. I mean, those jeans she, she's wearing, she's about, I mean, they're so, they're cut in so many ways, but but Andy like teases the shit out of us. He doesn't even show shit. Um, I hear, I mean, here, here we go. He's got one of like the finest women ever and she doesn't even get naked and, and Picasso trigger. And you're like, damn it. Like what the hell? But it's just, it's just one of those scenes though, that I was waiting for some, like, I don't know, some, some Richard Marks or something to, to come on. Like, <laughs> because this is like the first movie too, that we have like a real musical score because like like Malibu Express is like I fell in love with a centerfold. Like you would hear something like that, and then yeah, like a hard ticket to Hawaii song sung at the end, a hard ticket to Hawaii. But this is when like the professionalism that I that I see in Andy's work really kicked in. Like the the voice synchronizations a lot better. I mean, because even at the beginning of um Hard Ticket, when um Donna is talking to a uh, Ron Moss, 
like that that audio is so dubbed it's not even funny like it's so out of sync and but i mean the the dialogue would be better i guess when they were inside but a lot of times when they were outside it was just it's just laughable but picasso trigger to me is i mean it's it's, it's on my phone it's my screensaver or whatever wallpaper on my phone it it, it grows on me every time Harold Diamond actually fights your boy from a kickboxer. And that, that guy's like locked up now for forever. He's doing federal prison. He's in a, he's in, he's like, he was like a money launderer, stealer or something. He did something. And before you ask, MVP for me is this uh, Roberta Vasquez because she comes in and the scenes, I'm just like, oh, I'm in love. I kind of, I always think like what this series would have been with her at the beginning. And I, I don't know if he would have gone with with Hope and Roberta or Donna and Roberta. I, I don't I don't know that. I, I can't. I wish he was here so we could ask him like what who did he originally see? Just uh, just a couple quick. I got a quick fact about Picasso Trigger. Um, uh, Liv Lindeland. She played Inga. Okay. Well, Inga. She was like the professor's girlfriend. And she was, uh, she didn't have like any scenes like that, but she was in Playboy in uh, January of 71. She's also Playmate of the Year of 72. She's 5'6", 36 double D, 23, 34. And here's a fun fact about her. She's the first Playmate to show pubic hair. Oh. Yeah. The other Picasso Trigger, um, I haven't mentioned her yet, um, Kim Malin. She plays Kim. Because you remember the two, remember all the stupid dancing scenes we have? With Patty Cakes and, and Kim, they're like dancing because there's those like sex trafficker guys that are like Yeah, that are watching. I mean, she I mean, she like has a body on her, like it's five four, thirty-six double D, twenty inch waist, guys. Thirty-four May eighty-two, where you can find her. Though this one has seven total playmates in all, with Donna, Taryn, Patty Cakes, Edie, Berta Vasquez, Kim Malan, and Liv. So that's a lot. L- lucky seven. All right. We are going to wrap up our Andy Sedaris conversation with Savage Beach 1989. Chad Cruz, I know this one's very exciting for you because two of your favorites, Battle It Out, Al Leong and James Liu. It's an action fan's wet dream. You know, not not all the nudity. I mean, Al Leong and James Liu fighting it out. If, if anything, they didn't get enough time to fight mm-hmm. it out. Uh, sadly, but um, it, it, it's funny that Sedaris kind of comes back to, I know James Liu was in a couple of, at least a couple of his movies that I've seen. And Ali Leong, I believe was in a couple of them as well, but you, you get chances to see some of these guys who've made careers having excellent fights with, you know, Brandon Lee and with Jeff Speakman and Kurt Russell and all these other guys, these big name actors in movies. And they're in the Sedaris movie and they're getting actual screen time and they're getting, they're getting to like speak on screen, which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, Savage Beach is it's like continuation of the Donna and Taryn saga, and one that like it, it feels different from a lot of the other Sedaris movies I've seen. Maybe you can go into detail on how how it's a kind of a change of pace a bit. Oh yeah, um, um, definitely. Uh, first thing, um, one thing is is we get all the nudity at the beginning of the film. The, the first and also another thing is this is the first film that's not well when we start the new era let's let's just say when we start from hard ticket and, and we're and we're moving up we get to savage beach where a lot of it is is focused just um donna and and taryn and so you don't have like the um the team aspect as it as it is i mean you do have a new abilene and this is actually our, our last Abilene who will be in the rest of the Abilene films. We get Shane Abilene who Shane has great. I mean, he has great scenes. He has a, um, her name was, um, Max Wassa. That's her real name. She's only just a, she's, she was a playboy model. Like she was in like playboys, wet and wild 89 and sexy lingerie two and 90. But I mean, I mean her whole, like at the beginning the pool, they're just like, I mean, I mean, I don't think she ever put a shirt on at all. And we also have, um, uh, I can't really pronounce it, uh, Terry Weigel. She played Angelina, the uh, communist that was Rodrigo's um, girlfriend. She was from um, April of 80, 86. And I believe she was surgically enhanced after her pictorial because 
her or she was 5'6", 34 b 21 34 but i don't think that's accurate yeah that's a different and she ate up the screen too because every time she's on screen like she's lusting after you know her man and it's great i i love the fact that um al leong is the fifth person credited in this film when you watch the credits and he's actually the final he actually gets to be the final boss because of the weirdness of this film how the plot takes it about this stolen gold and this weird japanese guy that's been on a beach yeah an island forever and then it's hilarious because here's here's al he's the last guy standing here comes this crazy guy with a sword and al shoots him boom 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 and somehow some way that guy still makes it and and sees him and and guts his ass and just the look on al's face like man i almost survived a movie i was the final boss and i I just had to laugh with savage beach too because old buddy looks at like a picture this this warrior that's been guarding this island for years and he sees the eyes and then he sees Taryn and he's like I just couldn't kill those eyes again because of course at the beginning of the film Taryn talked about how her dad granddad got lost at, in World War II they never found right. him blah 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 and so this this is Taryn's journey like this whole I mean she gets she gets the little boomerang the little uh, the little the little weapon to kind of blow up Rodrigo who's gotten blown up now in the last three films because. Every single movie Andy makes, it's like, hey, let's cast him as the bad guy. At least now, I mean, we're going to see when we go into the later discussions of the other films how the progression of the bad guy is something, one of the big characteristics about the changes in the Andy films. But going back and like watching this one again, like again, after I watched it again, I was like, hey, you know, even though that last sequence was, we didn't have like all the hotness that we should have had in the other films, I did kind of like the the chase and I loved how, Al Leong uh, was killing communists. That, that was probably my favorite part because, you know, he was just a mercenary working for whoever was the uh, the highest bidder. But anytime you get a chance to kill commies, especially in the 80s, hey, I'm down. You mentioned about the, the front-loaded nudity. Yes. And I, I think the scene that kind of ends the nudity is, and I know this is a ridiculous thing for me to say, uh, I think it's the most gratuitous of all the nude scenes in these films they're in the plane oh let's go on autopilot in the middle of a storm because we got to take these wet clothes off i'm pretty sure that was if that wasn't the last nude scene it was towards the end of the 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 actual the actual actual last nude scene i believe is them running and they're they're naked on the island and it's like full full on nudity but what's great about that scene that you said is okay so at least they kind of gave them an excuse to get naked because remember they had to um deliver the medicine to some sick kids. Okay. Right. Like the, the sick kids need a hospital. So when they got out of their plane, it started to rain. It was raining really, really, really hard. So they had wet clothes. So of course they had to change. And what's always awesome about Donna and Taryn is their matching outfits. I'm like, guys, like even when they, okay. So they had matching outfits at the beginning when they got on the Island, like the undershirt they were wearing and the shorts they were wearing, they were still matching. I'm like, I mean, they, they were always, they were always matching. And uh, John Apria was back. He uh, played the role of Picasso Trigger in Picasso Trigger, and he yes. was back in this one. Yes, he gets to actually kind of play. Okay, so you cast him as a bad guy the first time. You bring him back. Um, uh, Bruce Bruce Penhall. This time he is uh, Bruce Christian, and he's kind of undercover. Like he hasn't really joined the team yet, but it's uh, they're off and they're on the island as well. And he calls uh, uh, Donna a, a, a bimbo, and and that's like the that's the worst thing you could call Donna Spear because you know she'll kick your ass. But uh, <laughs> but I mean I think even at the end you know we have a champagne toast in, in this movie as well. He actually gets to go off with um with uh, patty cakes. Yeah, so, he's got two girls, doesn't he? Two girls, yeah, yeah, he does. So, um, Lisa Lisa London who plays uh, just for a couple films she plays Rocky because the Edie's is is the restaurant in the beginning. Um, Cynthia Brent Bremhall runs Edie's. But now we're going to see her when we go to later films. She's going to go. Her cover is going to take her to Las Vegas where she'll be a singer. So we'll get some themes in the next few films, her singing. And so the restaurants now has been changed to Rockies. And so and they find excuses. This this one is really good. What I liked about Savage Beach was the jacuzzi scene they had when you had uh, Patty Cakes, Lisa London, um, I mean, Rocky. Uh, Donna, Taryn, they're all just lined up and their boobs are just hanging out just enough that Andy can just pan that camera. 
He's going, he's going, he's going, he's capturing, he's coming, he's, he's hitting it at the right spot, guys. I mean, he's just going boom, boom, boom. And that's that's one of the the best um, uh, jacuzzi scenes, hot tub scenes and all of Andy Sedaris, just how he just gratuitously just, let's just pan the camera and just make sure, like guys, like, make sure you put them in so I can still get them in the, in the scene. So you got to love it. He's an artist. And uh, M- MVP is definitely Taryn because this is like her story. I mean, it, it wraps up nice. She gets um, the gold at the end too. She steals six bars of gold. So she's like not only stole diamonds, she stole a priceless painting and she stole six um, six uh, bars of gold. So she has more money than Michael Bloomberg. So it's crazy. Chad Cruz, any final thoughts on the Andy Sedaris films? Well, Andy Sedaris, I think he holds a special place in history as like, a guy who made films for a a niche audience, you know, there's, there's action, there's comedy, there's explosions, there's all these fantasy elements, there's spies, there's gangsters, there's all these things, but there's also gratuitous nudity, which doesn't appeal to everyone, but it appeals to a certain segment. And to that segment, he's like the man. Absolutely. I think you, you, you summed it up and I, I, Sure, we will be uh, covering more Andy Sedaris down the road because there's a whole lot more uh, in his filmography. Uh, but right now, I want to talk about something. Uh, you know, there's many ways that people uh, find Bulletproof Action. Some of them are, go old school and have us bookmarked, and we appreciate that. And you visit it every day. A lot of people will uh, come uh, via social media, whether it's Twitter at Bulletproof Pod or Instagram, Facebook at Bulletproof Action, but a big chunk of our audience at BulletproofAction.com comes from search engines. People Google something and they find <laughs> their way to BulletproofAction.com. And since we're all about the debauchery today, I thought I would get to our stats team to get me a list of some of the more interesting and somewhat perverted and maybe horn dog searches that brought people to bulletproofaction.com. And if any of these are yours, uh, Todd or Chad, feel free to own up to it. Uh, let's go with number one. Here's an interesting one. Shower cap sex. <laughs> that, that, yeah. Um, that's not me, but um, I'm down. I'm more curious about it. Yeah. Cause I'm, what were they looking for? You know, uh, I, I don't know, but they, they found bulletproof action. Hopefully they weren't disappointed. I'm about to go to DuckDuckGo right now and see <laughs> so I can clear uh, that sucker quick. <laughs> here's another one. This one, there were several iterations of this one. Uh, Spider-Man, Mary Jane, Hot and Rain. What? I think it's that whole wet uh, t-shirt wet, wet, thing. Wet, oh, the, the wet kiss? or Yeah, the upside down kiss. And that, that one makes a little more sense. Um, I almost want it to be a little bit naughtier, but I think that's pretty, I think that's pretty innocent. It, that it, one is, but there's just so many of them, it, it made the list. Yeah, uh, it's strange. Here's one where it's kind of disrespectful, if you ask me. Uh, but maybe they were trying to find out what this woman's name is. It's Under Siege Stripper. Erica Liniak, Miss July 89. What the hell? This one might be uh, Chad Cruz's. Mitch Gaylord ass an American Tiger. Yeah, I, I, I did that. Sorry. That is definitely Chad Cruz. Okay. Speaking of ass, what about Ashley Scott ass? I've written about that several times, I think. And that's probably how they got there. Yeah. You're welcome. Here's a, here's a nice one. Jamie Lee Curtis panties. Oh, trading, trading places, maybe. Which I'm right. sure we've reviewed on an action site. Oh, no. Tr- true lies. Duh. True yeah. lies. Yeah, she gets all the strips team. That's probably where, there you go. Yeah, true lies, my bad. Yeah, I had a blank out there. Yancey Butler nude. Uh, they were, they're thinking hard target, but they're wrong, right? Uh, yeah, I don't think there's any nude. There, the Yancey Butler, I, I, as far as even with my nude um, base in my head, I cannot think of Nancy, Yancey Butler naked, and if she was, it was a body double. Yeah, and it's funny because that, that's, that's one of those searches that comes up dry. Uh, in more ways than one all right uh here's one that was rtgs i'm pretty sure fred williamson bare butt oh (laughs) yeah you got me man you got me 
Yeah. Yeah. No. I, what the hell? <laughs> man, you got you got to love our audience, man. I mean, shouts out to all y'all. I mean, I mean, they're really just giving us ideas of what to write about next. I know, right? I mean, search search what search what you want to search as long as you click on us, man. We'll yeah. we'll, we'll we'll take all kinds. We ain't we ain't going to judge you. Just remember to delete your browser history, folks. Here's one that's very specific. Amy Lynn Baxter, naked on car. Amy Lynn Baxter, naked on car. Shit. I might know this. RTG has got like a, ro- a naked Rolodex in his in his brain. That's just like, brrr. he's trying to find out who that is. Um, how do I know that? I, I, I know that, but I don't know. Okay. Here's one that I'm pretty sure this is a Disney film. It's definitely a family film. So this is kind of disturbing. But it's got Chad Cruz's fingerprints all over it. <laughs> Jennifer Conley, naked, the Rocketeer. Oh yes, who? Watch the Hot Spot. If you want to see Jennifer Conley naked, her first nude scene was in the Hot Spot with Don Johnson. Such a sexy scene. Yeah, I mean, who didn't want that to happen in the Rocketeer? But you know, if this was Sedaris, that was like we would have seen her changing, uh, taking a shower. May have been called the Cocketeer. I don't know. <laughs> Easily, yes. He had a pretty clever way with names. He would have come up with a good name. Well, here's another RTG one. Uh, I know he's a big fan. Robert Bronzy, nude scene. Fuck no, dude. Come on. (laughs) Well, what if they would have did Charles Bronson? I mean, which one would they go to? That wouldn't have made the list. All right. uh, Here's one that I know Chad Cruz loves this movie. Stash House, sex scenes. Oh, boy. That movie sucks so bad. But I can see why someone would search for that because... Uh, I can't remember her name, but my goodness, uh, she had some talents that if if she were in an Andy Starris movie, she would have been a star. X-Men, sexy, mystique, ass. <laughs> hey, I, you know, I might have seen Amy. I think I have seen Amy Lynn Baxter naked because I've seen her in Summer Job. On a car? Oh, damn, where is that from? I don't know. We're going to move on. Todd Gaines is having a problem. Here's one. Here's one from my favorite basic cable erotica at its best. Silk stockings nude. See, and that, that right there, I mean, basic cable erotica. That's the, that's the, an article right there in itself. You can go on five different chapters of this, of this page and just go on and on and on and talk about all these great shows that they had. And, you know, what's funny is we were talking about all these Sedaris movies and how they had uh, Donna and Taryn, like, several movies together. I would have loved to have seen a Sedaris series. Um, oh. I feel like that would have just, like, three seasons of the, 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 the adventures of these characters. And you could just keep bringing them back and their teammates and not just in Hawaii and Vegas or whatever. But they could they could travel all around the world having these adventures and doing their thing, like that would be perfect. Yeah, perfect for like a Showtime after dark or Skinamax. Yes. And one thing about like the cables and stuff that we we were talking about, and one thing I just want to just just mention just super super quick is we have to give a shout out to Joe Bob Briggs and his uh, show on the the Movie Channel because if it wasn't for Joe Bob Briggs, I never would have discovered Andy Sedaris. So. Because that's where that's where I just when Joe Bob had a show and I can't believe we didn't mention him earlier. I so. am pretty sure that's where I saw my my first Andy Sedaris film as well. This one is definitely a Chad Cruz one. Ben Affleck ass in Reindeer Games. Yeah, yeah, I'm a bit embarrassed now, but I mean, who can blame me, right? Who can? Yeah, here's a. This is also definitely a Chad Cruz one. The Girls of Black Sails nude. Which Chad Cruz, I believe, was trying to publish a calendar with that very same name. <laughs> that one probably actually was me. All these other ones were a lie. This one probably was me. What a great show. What about Dina Meyer nude? Uh, Starship Troopers. Oh, yeah. Lena Headey ass? Mm-hmm. Yep. Here's one. Uh, also, very, just, They just want one, I think. Just one. Monica Bellucci breast. Doesn't specify whether <laughs> left or right. Well, she's shown them on. She's shown them a lot. So, well, see, I think with that search, it, it becomes the uh, the impatience of it, right? You're just like you're in a hurry to type that in and hit uh, enter, 
and you forget to add that last S in. Yeah. You don't have time. Who has time for that? You know, just Who's get got time. If you're going to get one, you, you're a good chance you're getting both of them. So that's, well, that's a good point. And the last one on the list, what a way to end it with one of the most famous ends of all time. Parker J. Lo Booty. Ooh. Mm. And it led to bulletproof action. Hey. All these things, for some reason or another, led to bulletproof action. And there's so many of these searches that actually they found their destination at our website. Because I remember writing that 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 piece on uh, J. Lo's booty from the movie part. And that, that Amy Lynn Baxter might be a, from a movie Golf Balls. I'm not sure. I cannot confirm or deny that. So, But how, how did it get him to bulletproof action? It's one of the many mysteries of the bulletproof action stats. Uh, that we'll probably never figure out. Keep them coming. I love them. All right. Well, guys, I think we have uh, thoroughly discussed uh, debauchery and nudity and whatnot and the things that spring break are often known for. So for uh, Chad Cruz and the Real Todd Gaines, I am Chris the Brain. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more of the Bulletproof Podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.